Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 25. Well, hey there. This is Alyssa Dare Nelson, author of From Frustrated to Frickin' Awesome. And if you want to stop feeling frustrated, you should be listening to Build Your Network with my brand new frickin' awesome friend, Travis Chappell. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. Welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first... If you enjoy the show, then please, please open up iTunes, hit that subscribe button, and if you think we deserve it, tap on the reviews tab, select write a review, and leave us a five-star rating with a review that includes where you're from and one aspect of the show you love the most. Then go ahead and screenshot that review and send it on over to Travis at buildyournetwork.co along with your name, that's Travis at buildyournetwork.co, and I'll give you a shout out by name in a future episode and you'll be entered into a contest for $250 cash. 
And now let's chat with today's guest, Daniel Ermler. Dan is the CEO and co-founder of ProChurch.com, a company that specializes in helping nonprofits with their media and marketing. With over 10 years of entrepreneurial experience, he's built a high six-figure business with a small team in Fresno, California. He's married with three kids and enjoys helping other entrepreneurs launch and grow their companies. Dan, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. Why don't you go ahead and expound a little bit on that intro and then tell us more about yourself. Well, Travis, thanks for letting me be on. And with your beautiful audience, it's always a privilege to get to talk to new people. And so thanks for letting me jump on the show and really just uh, being one of the inaugural first people on it. So I'm privileged that you would even ask me. So hopefully I can bring it to the table today. That's my plan. Lots of value. (laughs) Great. Let's do it. Your question is like, uh, how how did we get started um, doing what we're doing? Well, uh, I was actually in college outside of LA uh, in Lancaster, California. And while going to college, um, a few um, other nonprofits in the area had asked me to do some design work for them. So even though I was in in a seminary, actually a Christian college, um, I ended up doing a lot of design work on the side. And uh, as it so happens, you know, um, after doing so much of that, and, and it really it expanded, it grew from, you know, uh, a few churches to, you know, uh, a few hundred. And so by the time I left college, I was actually kind of going at that full, full blown. But yeah, I mean, it's very humble beginnings. Um, basically, when I started, my brother was uh, there working at a church nearby, and he said I, you could start in his garage. So there in Lancaster, I actually started in a garage. Whoa, whoa. I just made a connection, Travis. I'm pretty sure your dad owns the apartment that I started in. Is that, that true? Is, that is accurate. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. This is wild. So, like, literally, I started <laughs> in your dad's garage. That's yeah. how I got my start. Just like all great Fortune 500 companies, right? Always starting in the garage. Yeah. Except we didn't. Yeah, we didn't necessarily have that explosive growth and more <laughs> plotters, but man, enjoyed it. So very, not yet. very humble not yet. beginnings. <laughs> not yet. So we're, we're, we're loving where we're at. We're looking forward to what's next. But um, yeah, so just really humble beginnings and uh, had a lot of fun. Had obviously grown a lot since then. But um, yeah, just started uh, out of college, just kind of working, uh, working with a few churches here and there. Cool. Cool. So, uh, so you basically run like a creative agency for churches as far as media marketing goes. Um, I know you've been working on switching to more of a subscription model. How's that been going? And do you recommend that? Um, so question one is absolutely. Yes. I highly recommend, um, subscriptions. Uh, to be cautious, uh, about 18 months ago when we jumped into subscriptions, uh, we thought, hey, you know, we had worked with, you know, thousands of nonprofits before. So we thought we're just going to put out the for sale sign, you know, uh, sign up for a subscription, you know, give us your credit card and people are just going to come flocking to it. That is not what happened. So it's kind of surprising. And we've kind of gone through this evolution over the last 18 months to really define, okay, what does our audience need? You know, who are the, the people we're working with? And also realizing that people don't like to see their credit card being dinged every month. Like there really is um, a strong aversion to that. So um, definitely working through some of these hurdles overall. It's been a great experience. We've seen some neat growth. We need to see more growth, um, but we definitely got put into it. Um, We kind of jumped in feet first and uh, just kind of been learning, uh, uh, learning as we go. Yes, I love that. I mean, Revenue, uh, recurring revenue is like the holy grail of um, business, you know, income. Yeah, of course. But it's not easy 
So I thought it was going to be a lot easier. Now we are seeing quite a, we're seeing some decent growth, um, but we want to see some more. Uh, let me give your audience a little bit of uh, input because I'm kind of being vague. So our typical membership is around $39 a month. Um, we really grew through offering websites. We host about 500 um, uh, nonprofit websites, but on our subscription base over the last 18 months, we, we added about 240 memberships on. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, now we are going into our next big launch um, coming up in uh, end of August, which we're really excited about. We're going to be doing an online digital summit. Got some other cool stuff happening in there. Um, but yeah, it's been a hard fought road. So um, I know we're not talking about subscriptions, but eventually, man, I'd love to have that conversation about how to navigate navigate uh through subscriptions it's not as easy as reading a book on it and launching an online product <laughs> yeah it seems like uh just like everything else in life right if it's uh if it's worth getting it's probably more difficult than you think it is yeah absolutely absolutely one thing i really wanted to point out i i really love how much you guys have niched down you aren't just media in general or design for any business you specifically help churches and nonprofits. How much do you think being the expert in just that one specific field has helped you grow your business? This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So this is a great question. Uh, you know, it, you kind of look at it and you think, man, if I can just be the business for everyone, you're going to get more business. That's kind of the thought process. But what it does is it causes you not to be able to be as focused on your individual client's needs. So over the last 
10 years of we've really spent studying and becoming experts on churches and nonprofits. It's allowed us to really understand and know their needs. Um, so I think it's been vital to our success and our growth here is not trying to be the business for everyone, but really finding a niche, uh, a niche market and plugging, I mean, really pounding down as far as what we offer. And and we're even being careful with the the amount of products we offer in this niche market. So we're kind of having these niche products in a niche market, um, but we're seeing our best growth. We're really um, pounding that down. I was listening to a podcast with Johnny Lee, Lee Dumez, and he said something uh, about a month ago that I thought was fantastic. He said, niche down until it hurts. And man, that is that is where we're trying to get to. We're just trying to niche and niche and niche until it just it's painful. But it really allows you to service the end customer in a way that nobody else can. Right, right. Now, besides that, besides niching down until it hurts, why do you think you've been able to create success in a very crowded web and graphic design space where others maybe haven't uh, uh, gotten to that point? <laughs> You know, this is a long question. I think for us, our secret sauce has just been great service. We really get to know our clients. We really love them to death. We really help them. Uh, you know, I love going to Chick-fil-A. I really do. And it's because their service is amazing. I've actually hired a couple uh, employees from Chick-fil-A to come work for me. And I always thought they must, to get that great service, you know, they must have paid these people crazy amounts of money. And it wasn't. They, they made, you know, the typical pay that every other fast food, you know, employee was making. What they did was they built systems in for great service. And so where most people will give you like a, a template, you know, um, uh, WordPress website or something like that, or they'll set you up with, you know, a, a halfway okay design. We really come alongside and equip and talk and spend time and get to know our customer and then really make sure their needs are met. And we've worked very hard at that. And so it's created a lot of loyalty with the customers we work with. Um, but it's, it's also definitely been a, been a lead into our success. We really have, um, what's going to be best for the customer at the end of the day and how, how do we do that? And so that's, that's how we kind of distinguished ourselves. Um, specifically when it comes to websites, you know, we really do, we don't just give you a blank template. We really take you to the launch process, which if you've ever worked with anybody on a website, whether it's like a Squarespace or Weebly, all you get is a template and it's your responsibility to try to get that thing done. Um, where we really take go, go, we, we take the long road and it's just, it makes for a great customer experience. Are there uh, any secrets of the trade or shortcuts that you use when you're working on a design project? And if there are, can you leak those secrets to us? Oh, this is a cool question. Yeah. So um, real early on, I read The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Great book. He really got me thinking about how to systematize. And I, again, there's a big part of me that wishes I had gone back to college and got an MBA. You know, I wasn't in it. You know, I have, I have three kids under five, a beautiful family. So I'm loving the life I had. But, you know, going back to college just isn't in the cards right now. Um, but early on, I realized that systematizing things was important. Um, it was a, a couple of years ago. I was kind of touring um, the Thomas Kincaid, you know, gallery, their main offices. Uh, their CFO at the time, Frank, um, was just walking us through and kind of showing us it. And what I was amazed by was here this multi-million dollar company had taken one guy's skill and basically turned it into everything. I mean, they had stuff with NASCAR, they had puzzles, they had books, they had gifts, they had galleries, but it's just one painter. It's one guy who's kind of doing it all. So to get back to your question, I think when it comes to designing, systematize it. If you have an A designer, don't make him do all the boring stuff. If you have this lead designer who's incredibly talented, you know, let him do what he's best at making those high-end graphics, the front, 
but then don't make him lay out all the text in the back end. Don't make him take that. And so, so if you're doing like a promotion for your company and you have a lead designer, you know, let him lay out the initial graphic and then let a junior designer take that graphic and put it into all of its different, you know, forms, you know, whether it's a social media post, a post or whatnot. Typically a lead designer is not going to want to do that. They, they, they want to create, they want to make something new. And when they're done with that, they're ready to move on. So you get your best bang for your buck when you take that lead designer and you really put them in their place and uh, and let them let them go through so that's that's one of the reasons why we're able to knock out a ton of designs and stuff is because it's not all done by one person we really did the henry ford assembly line and that has served us very well because we do we, we put out a lot of one of our graphics libraries has over in the last couple of years we put over three thousand finished products in it so those are door hangers um banners i mean there's three thousand these high-end products that are easy to edit and uh, there's no way um finding i mean it, uh, we, we averaged it out. I think we put close to 9,000 hours into it and there's no way we could have done that with just a lead designer. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely our, our, our little bit of our secret sauce is we systematized it. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, we're going to kind of shift gears now. This is the build your network podcast, the guide to growing your inner circle. So I want to ask a few questions just based on networking and connecting with people. Um, do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? I was reading this before you sent you sent over these great questions that we kind of get to review, so we're not always on the spot. And I didn't know if this was a trick question, and <laughs> so I don't think it was. <laughs> but I'm going to jump in. I'm going to kind of answer. I really do believe it's who you know. Um, for a long time, I read a lot of books. I, I was uh, not a, not a, I want to say prolific reader, but I definitely read my share of books. Um, and um, I felt like I, I had a lot of the knowledge, but it was when I started talking to people who were able to give me context for that knowledge. So I'd be sitting there and say, hey, I'm dealing with this with an employee. They would speak into that in that present context saying, okay, Dan, this is what you need to do. So it's almost like knowledge I already knew. They were able to take it and reframe it and apply it to that situation. So over the last two, three years, I've really reached out and 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 and, and expanded my network. And it's just been amazing to see the people who've, who've been willing to speak into me and help grow me and give context to certain situations. So I would, I would definitely lean in. It's who you know, not necessarily what you know. Tell us about a time when a connection in your life led to a moment of success that you've had and how far behind in your story would you be if you'd never made that connection? I'm excited about sharing this one because not everybody knows kind of our story. About three years ago, um, I had a client that was awful. It was the worst <laughs> client ever. And I know you're not supposed to tell that, but you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to get those people who are just stinkers. It's part of it. It's part <laughs> of it. Yeah. Um, and you got to fire them. And I think too many people either, you know, they, they don't go through that. And I was ready to fire this client. So I, I but I didn't want to just fire them and say, you know, go find someone else to work with. I thought, you know, I need to send them to somebody. I understand we, we have a certain personality, so not everyone's with us. So what I actually got on the phone with some other design agencies and said, Hey, I got this guy. And one of the design agencies was this guy in Michigan named Jeremy. And we kind of talked and I got kind of to know his story a little bit, doing a great job, doing very similar things to me um, as far as helping churches and nonprofits. You know, he had jumped into businesses as well. 
And I just kind of, in a, in a strange way, I just said, hey, man, if I could fly you and your team out here to California, would you consider, you know, jumping on and, you know, us combining this thing? Well, long story short, you know, it's three, he's been here for three years now. He's a co-owner in the business. He's, he's uh, one of my best friends in the world. He's an amazing guy, someone I look up to and I love getting to work with. I mean, um, but yeah, that all happened because I was willing to kind of go outside my comfort zone and talk to somebody. So yeah, I think, I think right now we'd be years, years behind and, uh, um, I'm thankful he jumped on and we were able to merge companies. It's been a great thing. And that's crazy. So just through one connection, merged companies, someone moved out from Michigan to California and you guys have grown the business quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been good. And we're looking for, and, and we're finally kind of seeing traction. I think that kind of gave us a, so we transitioned companies. We started that three years ago as far as people and personnel and really over the last 18 months, we're transitioning our core product. And so we've hit some pretty big speed bumps. And I feel like right now our team has really come together in a very unique way as well as our products. So, um, this is, this is kind of our springboard year. We kind of, we kind of hit all the reset switches and, but it's fun to be going forward with a team that you love and just great people. You know, Dan, one thing that I like to stress is that probably the biggest mistake that people make when networking is only asking for something in return for the people that they connect with. What is your experience with that? And what are some ways that you add more value to your inner circle than you receive? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I feel like we, we, we can all kind of be uh, narcissistic. And, uh, you know, think about our problems, you know, think about our successes, you know, want to talk about ourselves. And um, personally, I just kind of take a note. People, uh, it's in the how to win friends and influence people. One of those things is just being more concerned about the other guy than yourself and uh, really taking a note. And I found, and maybe this has been your experience too, when you're willing to listen to someone's story, authentically care about them and want to help them, that's a rare find. Like you have probably instantly become that person's best friend because most people today end up being takers. They come into a relationship needing something, wanting something. So when you're there to be a giver, it's so um, radically different than the norm that you instantly stand out. And so um, I would say, yes, a lot of people do. And it's not, I think we get a mindset that, oh, being a taker is I want something from you. Well, maybe you just want this conversation. You know what I mean? Like you go into the conversation and it's just going to be about me. So maybe you're like, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not taking anything from these people, but yeah, you just spent the last 30 minutes talking about you, right? you know? So right. yeah, you did take something you took <laughs> your last 30 minutes. Uh, so, um, the thought process here is, you know, uh, personally I know that I, this is a hard and fast rule. Typically I end up spending about 80, I try to spend 80% of a conversation talking about them, getting to know where they're at, getting to know what's happening with them. Um, and, and usually, I mean, that's led to some great relationships It's because they're like, Oh man, Dan's the guy who really cares about me. He wants to get to know me. And so typically it's about an 80, 20 rule. I think it's a good practice. Do I always stick with it? Obviously not, but I think it's a good frame of mind to be in, you know, let 80% of the conversation be about who you're talking with. And if you do get it around to you, you know, don't do not do more than 20%. I mean, I get it. In this interview, I'm having to talk a little bit more about myself. So you're like, ah, we caught you, Dan. You are talking more about you. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, this is a podcast. So, um, no, but I, but I do, yeah, I do think you brought up a, just invest. Yeah, yeah. I do think you brought up a really good point um, that, that I like to actually really stress is that it's not just about networking as far as like, here's my business card. Let me talk about what I do for 30 minutes. Now we leave. And I hope that you call me or email me. 
um, about what we talked about. It's more exactly what you were saying. When you give that much value to somebody, you actually end up building a relationship with that person. Um, and that's where the true value comes in. And I think that's one thing that people um, really, really miss when they're, when they're trying to quote unquote network with, with other people. Um, if you had to choose one networking tip, what would it be? I would really recommend get outside your comfort zone because we're so focused on ourselves. Like um, when we go out and we are looking for that perfect, I know this is how I am. You know, I want that perfect shirt and I don't want to wear a shirt I wore the other day because someone else may remember that I wore that shirt, you know, two days ago. The truth is nobody cares about you. Nobody does. I mean, everyone's worried about their shirt. You know, everybody in the room is worried about what they're wearing. And so when you're willing to be that person who just steps out of sight of your comfort zone, um, it's totally okay. And so if you're going to network, you have to be really good at stepping outside your comfort zone, but not being weird or jerk. I, I know there's some people who, you know, are networkers. I'm putting up quotes. I know people can't see me. Um, but, but really what they are is they're just, uh, you know, they're kind of slimy and seedy and it really is all about them. But man, when you can go up to somebody and, you know, and within a couple minutes, find out what are they passionate about? Sometimes it's their business. Sometimes it's something on the side. <laughs> sometimes it's not their business. And I, I mean, I remember talking to this one guy and I found out that he loves saltwater, you know, sea tanks. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And then you find out there's this whole world of, of saltwater, you know, sea tanks for fishes and everything. And there's this massive, you know, there's huge YouTube. And I never even knew that. And so after five minutes of talking to this person, I found out that, man, he, he had a passion for that. And he literally spent the next hour telling me about it, which, you know, and that's a, that's another thing. Maybe here's a second tip is, is get excited and pumped about what other people are excited and pumped about. If I would have looked at him and said, dude, you're, you're a grown man. Stop playing with fish. You know, <laughs> that probably wouldn't, that probably wouldn't have, <laughs> have helped the conversation. Um, but being yeah, really, yeah. you know, and I, I tend to be a curious person, so I can get pretty much, you know, I can get enamored by almost anything so i mean you show it to me and i'm like oh that's amazing you know so I, I tend to have a little bit of curiosity about me um but really getting passionate about other people and what other people are interested in will open up so many doors and it's not typically the things you think like uh, again you may um you may go to this really successful person and you think, oh, this person is – well, sometimes they don't always let you into the other stuff they're passionate about. I mean, there's a sports team. They're really – but they don't – It's their podcast is in the context to talk about that sports team. So what I like to do when I'm doing these one-on-one, -on -one, I like to get below the surface. You know, there's going to be those things this person's known for. There's going to be these things that people like. There's a whole other part. Maybe it's their kids. You know, most people are going to be talking about their kids. But man, if you ask me about my kids or, you know, um, you know, what's happened to my family or some personal growth, I'm going to talk to you for a while about that. Um, so I would say try to get beneath the surface. That's a special place. You know, that's a special place when you go beneath the surface with someone. And uh, but you, the only way you go beneath the surface is you're willing to step outside your comfort zone. And uh, if you're willing to do those two things, you may be really surprised by the doors that start to open up. Awesome. Is there a place either online or in person or both that you go to specifically cultivate relationships? Yeah. So one of the things I did in the last 12 months is have just had like Travis, I cannot tell you how big the results have been. It's, it's, it's amazing to me. Um, but I started a Facebook group, you know, I'm, I'm the owner. I just started it up and I don't even do that good of job, you know, but I started up a Facebook group and I think right now we're just under a thousand people in it, but it's given me this opportunity to network and get to talk to people and post and put on live videos. And so, um, yes, if you have not started your own personal Facebook group and go do it, it's free. Uh, other than the time you'll invest 
invest into it and you'll be shocked at the relationships we'll build. So I started two. I started one has getting a little bit bigger. It's for, uh, you know, creatives, specifically Christian. And I started another for uh, entrepreneurs who help churches. And so it's really been neat getting to meet these entrepreneurs because um, some of them are way ahead of where I'm at. So I'm getting to learn from them. Other ones I've gained to invest in. And uh, and one of the cool things is when I ask for feedback, they're willing to jump in and give me real good critical feedback completely for free. So between these two groups, and let me share a story that's kind of interesting. So uh, about three months ago, we started up a, a new website, three, four months ago. It's, it's May, yeah, it'd be beginning of the year. Um, and it's called ChristianPicks.co, and it's just a, it was a little bit of a shakeup on the model. A lot of uh, stock photography websites have to deal with credits or subscriptions or something like that. And we said, hey, let's just start something that's really different. Basically, it's a lifetime purchase; you can get access to everything, and maybe we can get up to the subscription. But let's just try to just kind of disrupt the market at first. And uh, so we started it up, and me and a guy I had met through one of these groups I started. So it was in the Christian Creatives. Uh, me and a guy named Ben White. We started this group. And last month, I think we saw 13K in income. And so, I mean, it's just kind of neat. And again, it's only a couple months old. Um, but this this never would have happened. It never would have happened if it wasn't for, you know, being willing to – it begins with stepping outside your comfort zone, getting beneath the surface with people, really talking to them. And, I, and it's been neat to become Ben's friend and actually get to know him and be a part of his life. And then um, that next step is using those, um, those Facebook groups to connect with people. I, I feel like, man, if you can start a Facebook group, it doesn't have to be – doesn't have to be big. I mean, it could be 50 people, but man, that, that can be a network that you can kind of get to know and invest into. And uh, yeah, there's a the law of reciprocity. This is a, a great time for me to plug my Facebook group for everybody out there listening. Um, go to buildyournetwork.co slash Facebook. Um, if you want to jump on in, in our, in our Facebook group, uh, just for professionals who are trying to get better at networking and, uh, really want to get a group of a smaller amount of people that are all going to be active contributing members of that group. Uh, but yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, Dan on that is Facebook groups have just Facebook in general has changed the way that we network, but Facebook groups is one really specific part of Facebook that is, I think somewhat underutilized, uh, by people. And so I'm glad you brought that up. Um, who is the most interesting or influential person that you've met through networking? Um, this guy's name, Malachi O'Brien, the guy's just a genius when it comes to networking. Um, he, he wouldn't be well known. I mean, if you're, if you're a Christian, he's the, um, he's the vice president of the Southern Baptist convention. He's pretty young. He's a little bit older than me and he's just talented. He's really good at networking. So I, last year I got to, we kind of randomly hung out with each other for three days. Uh, he asked me to, you know, come to the conference with him. And, um, I saw someone like, I thought I was okay at networking. Like this guy was brilliant. He was a genius and just how he can connected with people and stayed with them. Another guy that I recently met, and his name's Kenny Jang. And if you, if you look him up, uh, he, he offers some incredible stuff, but Kenny's one of those guys who just, uh, he was walking me through what he does for conferences and it's brilliant. So he doesn't, he doesn't have one business card when it comes to a conference. He makes sure he has a unique business card for every conference. He monitors hashtags before a conference and he starts connecting with people. And he tries to basically rent, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, a bar or someplace nearby where everyone can kind of meet during the conference. So really crazy. And then on top of that, when he gets everybody's information, he asks for people's information, whether before the conference on Twitter or Facebook or, at, or during the conference. And he says, hey, I'm combining this big old, you know, 
spreadsheet with everybody's contacts. If you give me yours, I'll email it out to everybody. So just a genius as far as networking and doing it. I mean, none of us have time. And so he kind of blew my mind. Like I was sitting there, I was like, Kenny, you're amazing. You can go check out his uh, website. It's kennyjang.com. And he kind of walks people through on how to do this. But yeah, he's one of those guys. Him and Malachi are geniuses when it comes to um, networking. And at the end of the day, good guys, like not your CD. We want to take advantage of you. You're going to buy something from me, you know, next week, but just good friends, good guys willing to give, give and um, yeah, have been a blessing to me. All right. Um, this is kind of the last question we're going to talk about networking, but it's kind of a doozy. So um, I hope you're, hope you're ready for it. If you move to a new place and lost all of your current contacts, what would you do to start building your network? Yeah, I would um, hopefully have a laptop and start a Facebook group and uh, start nurturing it that way. Even because I, was, I, I don't do a lot locally, so I love online. And I don't feel like um, borders or places. Now, if it was someone specifically in that area, I'd probably be a little bit different. I'd probably find, you know, um, probably find a local coffee shop and just start hanging out there. <laughs> I like coffee. And, uh, but personally, I get a laptop and start a Facebook group um, ASAP. Cool. All right. Well, we're going to kind of shift gears one more time and get into something I like to call the random round, which is basically just a few quick questions um, with quick answers, but uh, they're pretty fun and uh, make you think a little bit. So here we go. This is the random round. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, everyone's going to hate me for this, but politicians, uh, I'd love, like to be a politician. I think it'd be different. Um, I just, it's crazy. Like when I meet people, I'm like, Hey, I like to talk about politics and religion. And everyone's like, Oh, not that guy. I'm like, yeah, I'm that guy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, po- so politics. Politician. I, politician. I enjoy, um, being a, being a part of it. Yeah. So okay. if you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Yeah, Walt Disney. I feel like the guy was just a genius when it comes to what what he wanted to do. There's a great book called um, How to Be Like Walt. Probably one of the, I mean, there's a lot of um, biographies written about Walt Disney. I think the How to Be Like Walt is probably, it has to be in the top three. Um, But yeah, Walt Disney for sure. The guy was a genius um, and he was really a visioneer and had really good values. So yeah, love, love Walt Disney. How do you like to learn books, blogs, or podcasts? And tell me one of your favorites. So I would say generally, uh, I I read a lot of blogs. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but it's typically books um, that that tend to get my mind just going. So there's a current book that I'm I'm on. It's Deep Work. Um, I'm horrible with names, so you guys have to look at it. But it's called Deep Work. It's amazing. It's kind of that book that's kind of blowing blowing my mind right now. Okay. Um, and then for, for stuff like that too, I'll have all that stuff in the show notes. So if you're watching, um, check out uh, Dan's show notes and uh, the title of that book will be there for you. Uh, give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Oh man, I got three kids under the age of five. So <laughs> I have to get up pretty early in the morning to, uh, to get stuff done. Typically uh, I'm trying to get up at about five 30, um, get downstairs, um, I really, I, I try to get my coffee in me first. That, that kind of leads into a workout. If I can get downstairs at five 30, put some coffee in me, uh, do a little workout, get, get in the word, get in the Bible for a bit. Um, that's a typical morning. And then I take the kids to school. So I, and, and usually the best way for me to start my day is about a 20 minute conversation on the couch. Me and my wife both have our coffees in our hands. It's just a great way before the day just gets crazy for us to connect, have good conversation. Um, just the two of us, you know, drinking coffee and, and, uh, you know, chatting it up, you know, 
What is your go-to pump-up song? Oh, man. I am a... Uh, I, I, these are tough, man. <laughs> Putting the feet to the fire, man. I love, like, Broadway. Like, yeah, man. I mean, I there's a lot of new classics, too. But I, I mean, what like, like pump-up, like, I think of, like, working out. Like, when I get pumped up, it's more like, okay, I'm about to start something new. So there's a song from um, the Man of La Mancha called The Impossible Dream. And if you haven't heard it, go listen to it because it's amazing. It's about a, a guy who's willing to do that dream, that impossible dream. And so it's a good pump-up song. But, um, yeah, I don't have, like, a specific, like, go and work out. I need to work out. If, if I worked out consistently, I'd probably have a better pump up song <laughs> what are you not very good at oh everything <laughs> that's that's one thing about being an entrepreneur you gotta be self-aware and if you are one of those people who think you're just amazing at everything you're delusional and you need to fire the people around you because they're not being honest with you so um <laughs> Uh, I, I'm not going to say everything, but, um, man, administration, um, organization, uh, charts, numbers, anything that has to do with, you know, organizing stuff. It's just, I, I do it because I have to, and I'm trying to get better at it. Um, but it's, it's, it's grueling. I'm not good at it. All right. What is one place where we can find you the most? Um, you can jump into one of my um, Facebook groups. That's 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 one of those. so Christian Creatives. You can go search that one, um, or you can check me out at um, Twitter, which is uh, just Dan Ermler, and uh, that's that's where you'll typically get updates from me. Awesome, awesome. And then uh, we'll put those uh, put those links in the show notes as well. Um, and I uh, really appreciate your time today, Dan. Um, if if you're listening and you want to learn a little bit more about what Dan is going on, go ahead and head over to the show notes. You'll find everything that we talked about today, including uh, his Facebook and uh, and Twitter and stuff like that. So. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.